Thanks for tuning in to this week's message here at Wellspring Church, Texarkana. We would also love to see you and your family join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Or if you'd like to give or learn more about us, you can go to the link in our Instagram or Facebook bio. We are praying that this message encourages and equips you to live out your walk with Christ. So grab your Bibles and let's get ready for this week's Word. Father, I thank you again for your Word, that it's alive, and I pray that we would take it Um, consume it, Lord, that we would act upon your word so that we could build our life, our house on a firm foundation that will not be easily shaken. It won't be shaken. Lord, things may rumble, but I thank you, Lord, that it will not crumble. And we just thank you, God, for this time. Thank you for touching so many lives. Lord, I believe in worship today. There was some miracles. There was some things happening. And we just thank you for your presence in this place. We're so honored to be a part of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, everyone says amen. Um, You know, I want to say this before I jump in, but you know, our goal at at Wellspring is to foster or encourage and inspire a growing relationship with Jesus. That's our goal here. We, We want to to, to help, we want to aid, we want this to be a place where your relationship with Jesus grows stronger and deeper. And we have this, this great, um, what, a, what a blessing it is to have a church where we can encourage one another. And sometimes you're down, you're discouraged, and you can have somebody else with you and help you find your way. Sometimes in the dark valley, it's, it's good to have a friend. You know, they help you turn their flashlight on. You know, growing means maturing. And I'm not there yet. But we're pursuing him. And I think it was, you know, something from way back. I remember hearing these words, the proof of passion is in pursuit. What you're passionate about, you... you, you know, you're going to pursue it. That's the proof of it. And so t- today I believe that as we worshiped, many of you were showing that passion. You were, it was being revealed by your pursuit of him in worship. That you pursue his presence. That you pursue, not, you know, you say, well, he's everywhere all the time, but there's a manifest presence of God. That when you begin to bless him and you glorify him and you stir up your affection for him, it causes him to draw near to you. Because the word says, if you draw near to him, he draws nigh to you. Sometimes that's just the clearing of the fog. You know, there's a lot of things that fill up the, the airways to where we can't hear them. There's things in the natural that fill our eyes so we can't see them. And, and I believe that as we worship, as we pray, sometimes it's just clearing that kind of clearing that out if you agree say amen Amen. but i believe today that um god does want to bring maturity to us to the next level spiritual maturity does not happen by means of uh time alone or just by means of time in other words you don't grow spiritually mature just because time has gone by Hebrews 5 talks about how many ought to be teaching others but still need milk. 
We want to be spiritually engaged and spiritually strong. Now, strength comes from many things. I'm talking about spiritually strong. Who wants to be strong? I don't think anybody says, oh, I want to be weak. I want to be decrepit. You know, we want to be strong. That means you can function. You can get things done. You don't have to call somebody for every time you need to move something. You can just do it. And what does that mean for us? Many times that means freedom for us because we're strong and we're strong. But strength comes from many things. And today, one of them, and I'm going to talk about it today, one of them is rest. Now, to bring strength, what, what brings strength? Number one, we need to eat good food. Now, many of you know my wife's a fitness trainer, and she, she talks a lot about this. And if you don't know about Spark Fitness Studio, she's running now. Talk to her for women. It's just amazing. But we know we need to eat good food. If you're going to have a strong body, you need to eat good food. You need to move weight. Use your, in other words, use your strength to move a load and rest. The muscle fibers need nourishment. They need activation and they need rest. How many of you know I'm talking about? You know, if you haven't been eating good, you start getting weak. Eating the wrong thing, you start getting weak. If you if you rest too long, you start getting groggy and lethargic. See, our muscles to bring to bring strength, they, the the fibers of our muscles need nourishment, they need activation, and they need rest. Continued rest with no exertion is, yep, ding ding ding, laziness. It creates a lethargic body. You just rest, and you don't do anything, and then you just sit around and rest and do nothing. And then you just keep sleeping, and then you get up and do nothing. And then you go to bed because you've done nothing. And you don't sleep well because you've done nothing. And then you get up, and you do more of nothing. And you don't move. What happens is your muscles begin to atrophy. They begin to shrink. And you start being less strong. Exertion with no nourishment leads to, ding, 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 more tiredness and weariness. You're just tired. What are you tired from? I've been doing nothing. You're tired from doing nothing. See, we, we, we've got to have the right kind of food. We've got to move our bodies. We've got to move our muscles. We need to eat right, we need to move right, and we need to rest right. And then we grow in strength and resilience. And here's where I'm bringing this today. All that to say, this goes for our natural body. And this also goes for our spiritual life as well. Rest for your heart and your mind and your spirit is so important. Several weeks ago, 
begin to pray and ask the Lord for an answer to the spiritual, like almost like a spirit of lethargy. Like, and not like a, it doesn't, it's not necessarily like a demonic spirit, more like an attitude. That there is an attitude, tendency of spiritual lethargy, like lethargy, just, uh, just come, amen, and just not engaged. And I begin to ask the Lord, and at first, I'm just going to be real transparent with you. At first, Lord, I'm going, I'm going coach. I'm going coach. We're fixing up. We're not going to be a people that are groggy in the spirit, lethargic, lazy, apathetic, or complacent. This will be a church that is strong in the spirit, that our hearts are united with him. We are strong, that we realize that greater is he that lives within me than he that's in the world. But there has to be a realization of that. Or we start letting the enemy talk us out of it without even us know, knowing that the enemy is the one doing that. And so he gets us to move one little step at a time. And many times we don't realize our weakness because we're, since we're not lifting any weight, we don't realize that we're getting weaker. Now, in the fitness world, you know, a lot of people, they, they'll take notes on the weights they're lifting. Who knows what I'm talking about? They say take notes, and you kind of realize your, your gains. You know, realize, that, hey, I'm stronger now. I can do, I can do 10 push-ups now instead of eight. And you, you oh, that's good. That's, you know, it, it's, a, it's an indicator of strength. But what I believe the Lord was showing me is that nobody's tracking their weakness. When we do something good, oh, yeah, that's good. I need, I need to write that down, see how good I'm doing. But when it goes the other direction, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. We don't talk about things we don't speak of. I don't even know what that was off of. Some, it's a joke. You know, when you say something that nobody wants to hear, we just, listen, listen. We don't talk about things we don't speak of. The few extra pounds on the scale, we don't, we don't talk about that. It's better left unsaid that I, I once could lift this, now I can't. We just don't speak about it. Because if we hide it, then no one will notice. But the effects of our lack of strength begin to get noticed, right? When I need to go to the store and get the big thing of dog food, and I can't lift to my, lift to my car. Okay, I, I mean, it's just a funny analogy, but what I'm saying is that we don't, we don't notice it right offhand. And the same thing by the Spirit, that when we get distracted by the things of the world and we stop eating of the Word... We stop eating from the goodness of the Lord and just like consuming the, the, this, this idea of consuming the word is interesting to me because we, we do gain strength when we put the word in us. 
Now, not just by our intelligence, but by dwelling on it, saying, Lord, reveal yourself, show yourself to me. This morning, I, I, was, I was out on the backfield early this morning, and I, we got our little, if you were at, at Chloe and Dante's wedding, I made a little deck, a little altar. Well, we still have it, so right, lately it's been my little prayer deck. It's way off in the woods, and I go out there, and I just kind of walk around. It's only eight by eight, so I don't walk very far, you know, kind of walking around on it. I was just praying and just, just asking the Lord, just talking to him. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Reveal your truth to me. And he gave me a scripture. I meditate on it. I didn't even have my Bible with me. Like my pastor said, I've been reading the Bible for, you know, all these years. I should be able to take a walk and dwell on the word without even taking my Bible. Now, I'm not saying don't read your Bible. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying at, at our age, whatever age you are, you should be able to take a walk with the Lord and not take your physical Bible, but dwell on the Word. You don't need a sermon podcast. You don't need somebody screaming in your ear. You don't have, actually don't even have to take the written Word with you sometimes. Again, you should put it in there all, all the time. But I just took a moment just to dwell on the Word that He's already given me and begin to not just smell it, not just look at it, but consume it and get him to, and I just felt his life coming into me, his direction coming into me. We got to eat right. So the Lord was saying to me, kind of skip back a little bit, Lord, we want to be strong. We want to be engaged. We want to be aware of what you're doing in the kingdom, the kingdom work, not groggy, not like the five virgins that their lamps did not have enough oil. I want to be like the five that had their lamps filled, had enough on the side, and then when they rested, they could rest at peace because they knew they had enough. I don't want to be like the five that went to sleep from a lazy place because they weren't ready. They all slept. But five slept from a little different place. Could I suggest they slept from an assurance that they're ready? They're drowsy. Just go ahead and sleep. Because you can just wake up, light that thing up, you're good. The others were like, eh, I'm good. Or maybe they gave no thought. Maybe they didn't realize they were didn't have enough oil. Because they have not been putting thought into do I have enough oil? And so this morning, the question for all of us is, is your lamp filled with oil? Are you like the five that have been filling and preparing, trimming the wicks, making sure they have flask ready so they can last through the night? The nights are going to come. The valleys come. And you can speak faith all day long, but I'm telling you, faith is not just power to make sure you never have a night. You never have a valley. It just assures that you can get through it. It assures that you can have a little flashlight with you. That that faith may not have, be able to shine the whole valley, but I can light up right in front of me. Doesn't, isn't that what the word is? A lamp to my 
feet and a light into my path. Not the whole map. Sometimes we get to walk. I ask the Lord sometimes, Lord, could you just upgrade my, my headlights? I'd like to see a little further. I'm, I'm seeing like two steps. Maybe, maybe five would be better. I'm one of those guys, I think the Lord just says, no, Jake, I'm just going to give you what you can handle. I would not have done a lot of things in life in obedience to the Lord if I'd seen the whole picture. And I have to be very kind of transparent to say that. I cannot say that if the Lord had showed me everything I went through, was going to go through, that I, I still would have said, okay, Lord. He's like, I'll just, you just need to know I'm going to be with you through it. That's just what you need to know. Come on. Who's ever been there before? So, I keep getting on these. I feel like I'm rabbit chasing a little bit today. Come on. Spiritual lethargy, spiritual laziness, apathy. The answer is not just in being more driven. The answer first, I believe, is going to be getting good rest. It's one of the things we have to do. Specifically resting in him, not away from him. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Are you sick? What does the doctor say? Take this and rest. Rest is when you've worked. Rest without some sort of work is really laziness. Okay? There's, there's sometimes we've worked ourselves into maybe an issue or, you know, you have it like an illness, you know what I mean? You've, you've overworked. You get a muscle that begins to get overworked. And just a small plug here that I, what I believe, and I, I tell, I've said this many times, that, that, that God is not this mean taskmaster with a whip that's trying to drive you until you just pass out. That he is calling us, like in Psalm 4610, he says, be still and know that I'm God. See, we eat right, we exercise, right? There's some work. We work at it and we rest. We learn this scripture, be still and know that I am God. But don't we tend to do it like this? We stress out and know he's God. Stress out and know he is God, that he may have forgotten me. You know, instead of be still and know that he is God, we, we stress and wonder if he's forgotten us. Do you, do you know me, Lord? Do you see? No, he's calling us to know him. You know, I mentioned this before, you know, if you've ever studied all night for a, before a final for that test. You know, you just, you, you grind at it. I procrastinated. Did anybody procrastinate when they're in school, college or whatever? You're, who procrastinated real bad? And then you're like, oh, man, I hadn't studied for this. And then you just cram all night. Any crammers, fellow crammers? 
I've done it before. And I show up to the test like feeling like, oh, I don't think this was good. And they would tell me, they said, listen, do your study, but then make sure you get a good night of, night of rest before the test. It's going to do you way better. Now, I want to take just a moment, and this is not going to be super deep, but I want to talk about the, the Sabbath. Well, what is the Sabbath? What is this, this commandment that's keep the Sabbath day holy? You know, many are like, oh, we still have to do it just like this. And, you know, many are stuck. And so I just want to talk a little bit about how we believe we can take this principle of Sabbath and apply it to our life in light of the new covenant. Now, one of the things, I'm just going to skim over the top, get an overview of this principle in our life. Um, but there was something that my pastor uh, shared with us, and he said there's a, something called the law of first mention. The law of first mention. And here's what it says about the law of first mention. The law of first mention may be said to be the principle that requires one to go to the portion of Scripture where a doctrine is, is mentioned for the first time and to study the first occurrence of the same in order to get a fundamental inherent meaning of that doctrine. When we thus see the first appearance, which is usually in the simplest form, we can examine the doctrine in other portions of the word that were given later. We shall see that the fundamental concept in the first occurrence remains dominant as a rule and colors all later additions to that doctrine. In view of this fact, it becomes imperative that we understand the law of first mention. So in other words, where was it first seen in Scripture? What was kind of the, the, the gist of this? Because many times later on, Man gets a hold of it, and different things happen, and, you know, there's a lot. And so we can see there's a, even if we've been delivered from it as a law, there could be some principles that we can still apply to our life. But there's four things that I want to talk about. I want to go over this real quick. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. You guys good today? Good so far? Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed. It means, it says, In all their hosts, verse 2, By the seventh day God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Okay, so four things. If you're taking notes, write these down. Four things that happen on this first Sabbath. I would kind of call them kind of a principles of Sabbath. Number one, he ceased. He stopped work. He unplugged. He finished. Finish up what you're doing, stop. Or just say, I'm going to stop at a certain point. How many has those kind of projects? Like, I'm going to work on this until I get this done, and then I'm stopping. 
Because if I don't, I'll just work and work and work. Next thing you know, it's midnight. Oh, my gosh. I've been, you know, you, you, sometimes you just got to stop. Number two, it said he rested. This means desist from exertion. This is a calming time. Number three. One and two is something we will do sometimes. We're pretty good at that. But what I want to bring into it is number three and four. He blessed. This means to kneel. So you can't bless if you're in survival mode. Bless. He blessed it. He blessed the seventh day. And number four, he sanctified it. He set it apart for God. I already read the scripture in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we know we don't need to reduce this down to stop work and sit in front of the TV. Stop work and go golfing. Stop work and it's not just that. I mentioned this last week. Make sure you don't vacation away from God. Make sure when you rest, you don't rest away from him. You rest in him. Now, am I anything wrong with all those things? We got hunting season coming up. I know hunting is really great place to hear from the Lord because it tends to get really quiet. But there's something about stopping, blessing, that, that rest and bless and sanctified, set apart for the Lord. Colossians, actually, let's get back up. A couple of scriptures I want to read. How many believe Jesus is Lord of all? And that's including our rest time, to rest in him. Now again, all this is coming as an answer to our spiritual lethargy. As we come to him and we rest in him, I believe when we come in here, our worship is going to get more vibrant. I believe that. Because we have rested in him. And who have spoken to us. Who have done something inside of us that will change us. Hebrews 10, verse 12 says, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Sat down. He sat down. Matthew 12, 8 says, For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, Sabbath was as a law. Real quickly, go across this. Sabbath as a law was between God and the people of Israel. Exodus 16, 29, Everyone is to stay where they are on the Sabbath day. No one is to go out. Exodus 31, 16, The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for generations to come as a lasting covenant. Deuteronomy 5.15, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Colossians 2.16, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new, month's, new moon celebration, or Sabbath day. James 2.10, for whatever, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Okay, now where do we land in this? We do believe that there is a principle 
of resting in the Lord, and we don't want to just take this and just throw it out and say, you know what, that doesn't apply to us, right? We believe that it does, that there's a principle. But one of the things that Jesus had a big problem with with the Pharisees and religious was over this, these Sabbath day rules and regulations because they were making about being made for the Sabbath. And Jesus, he's the Lord of the Sabbath, and he was saying, I made that for man. Now, the Pharisees were questioning Jesus about harvesting grain on the, on the Sabbath, and Jesus responded in Mark chapter 2, verse 27. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Now, we, we can go on and on about a lot of the different things. And, you know, what about, uh, he said, no one could leave their home, couldn't gather fuel for fire. Well, what about people that lived in extreme northern climates? You know, you start making this about just a physical law, and they run into a lot of problems. And we have to interpret Scripture through the light of Christ or the spirit of Christ. But I want to tell you today that there was a principle of Sabbath or a principle of rest. I want to read a passage in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews 4, 1 says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but the message they heard were, were, was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said. So I declare in, on oath, an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere, uh, for somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these Words On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Verse six, therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day calling it today. Everyone say today. today. This he did when he... When a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Now, in studying this, we do know that there are a couple of different um, rests here. Yes, there is a rest that's in heaven or what we would say post this world when we get into new heavens, new earth, reign with Christ, there's a rest that we will enter into. Um, but he also wants us to have that rest here. It's not like 
after I come, you can come unto me when you're heavy laden. No, we can come to him now. Come on, can I get an amen? And he will lead us into rest. The principles being to cease, to rest, to bless, and to sanctify. You know, we run ragged. How many has ever been in that hustle thing, you know? If we listen to God, he will lead us rightly. He will lead us even in our rest. Now, what we have in God is so much better than anything the world has. We can wake up refreshed, renewed. You know, it's better than drugs, better than wine. You know, we have a God that cares and can do a work in us to bring rest for our souls. Isaiah 40, verse 28. I got a lot of scripture packed into this today. He says, do you not know, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, of the, the, Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks, might he increase power. Though youths grow weary and tired. Listen, not just, not just the older ones that get weary and tired. It says even the youth. And vigorous young men stumble badly. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. The Lord wants us to rest in him. And uh, I was told this, again, referring to, I've had pastors that have called me out on this because I, I can tend to work and just not stop and just go and go and go. And uh pastor told me, he said, you know, I, I can't take a whole day. He said, I could take four hours on this day and four hours, hours on that day, but I'm real, I get very, um, I mean, I, I do it with purpose. Cease, stop. He said, I'll pray, get the family together. I'll, we just, you know, really take a, a good time to stop, to cease, to, to pray, to rest and sanctify it as unto the Lord. I'm not here to give you another law on Sabbath today. And I'm not here to, to put on you, you need to do this and point fingers at you. But I am giving us a call to rest in him. And I had made mention, who was here last week when we didn't have power? We didn't. Have, we lost power before church, and we had church anyways, and it was really good. But I think I had mentioned in that that a lot of people have excuses of no time. And I had made mention, you know, what does your screen time say? You know, what if we just gave a portion of that? Just to stop and, and really seek the Lord to rest in him. Take a little walk. Read some word. Pray. Thank him for what he's done. And then stop and say, Lord, what do you want? What are we doing today? What are we doing this week? Would you lead me? Would you guide me? And then allow him to lead us. Amen.
sometimes we pat ourselves on the back when we do something good, you know. How many had some drink water yesterday? Did you drink water yesterday? Anybody? Who's going to drink water today? Why? Why? Because you need it. You'll do it again tomorrow, hopefully. And I, I'll be out. I remember on some of my busiest days, it's funny, I go to the church, you know, and I work, you know, worked at a church for pretty much all my adult years, and we get into projects, and I'll, man, I'll just go, and I get, like, hyper-focused. And I know where I got this. And he's sitting right over there. I just get hyper-focused. And I used to not be that way to my younger, but as I'm getting older, I'm realizing why he, mom brings water out to him when he's out working. Because he just will work. And I, oh, it'll be like three in the afternoon. And I'm, I haven't eaten anything today, and I, all I've had today is coffee. You ever, ever been there? Like, I didn't really forget to drink coffee, but I had like, I had like three or four cups of coffee. I'm like, I'm feeling kind of, Maybe it's like something wrong with me. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, maybe I should drink some water, you know? Sometimes we get so hyper-focused. We get so, we're driven we're, that we forget to do the most basic thing, basic necessity for life. There are things that are just, this should be known, it just, duh, you can drink water every day. Does anybody want to come up here and make a case why you don't need to drink water every day? No, you, you have to be pretty much an idiot to try to argue that. But yet the enemy and our busyness and our hustle and all, the, all that happens and we'll go day after day after day after day without the washing of the word without the wellspring of life, without taking the water that he gives, which is essential for life. We, we get so busy, we forget the most basic necessities for life. Many do that. You know, how do you see people, they, they, they don't realize that they're not eating what even the most basic of standards would say, you, how much protein you need per day. People are, are, are just, they're not even close not even in the in the ballpark of just what any doctor would say you need at least for your size you need at least this much protein and people aren't getting anywhere near it you need to drink this much water how, how much you weigh how much you need to drink at minimum of this amount of water it would you'd be surprised at how many people don't even get anywhere near that there's a lack of awareness. And so my job today, my encouragement to you to, for today is we have basic necessities for our spiritual health, our health in him, to be a healthy, strong person in the kingdom. And that God has called us to a spiritual work. It's like work, right? Work. It's not a bad word. And if we're not resting in him, 
getting our, our nourishment, getting our rest in him, we begin to drive ourselves till we to a point of failure. We have to start breaking busy before busy breaks us. I don't know. I didn't write that. I heard it, read it somewhere. Break it doesn't mean you can't be busy. Just you have to have a break in it. You break, you break it, and you stop, and you have some rest with Him. Anybody here weary today? Maybe you need some rest. Not just TV rest, but a walk with Jesus kind of rest. Would you stand with me today? Turn to your neighbor and say, relax. Just relax. <laughs> that makes you happy when you're like not in a fight and somebody says, relax. Don't, if, you're, if you're arguing with somebody, don't say relax. And never, ever, this is just Jake's word, practical words, then don't ever say calm down. The only words that have never worked in the history of the world. I'm just kidding. I mean, maybe it works. But we have to learn to relax in him, rest in him. So let's just close our eyes across the room. I don't know what you, what kind of journey you're on right now. And I don't have to know. be kind of like saying, you know, I don't know what kind of human body that you have, but, you know, maybe you need water or you don't. That we all need rest in him. We have to stop. Seek the Lord. Chase after him. Seek his word. Take it, apply it to our life. So that when the wind blows, the rivers rise. Our house won't be blown down as we do the word. In this room, how many could use some of this rest I'm talking about? Just lift your hands to the Lord. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Turn that hand to worship right there. Hands up all over the room. Thank you, Lord, for your rest. That you give rest to the weary. You give strength to the weary. Lord, let us not refrain from coming from coming to you in our time of weakness. As we come to you, the source of strength, Lord, we know your word says that's when your strength works best in my weakness because your grace is sufficient for me. Just receive that from him right now. Just thank him for his rest. Say, Lord, I need you. I can't do it without you. And before we go, just keep your hands up right there. Would you ask the Lord to help remind you to spend time with him each day? Each day, time in his word, time to reflect, take some thankful pills. Take some pills called gratitude and watch that help cure your anxiety, cure depression, 
Lord, as we come before you with hearts of thanksgiving so that we may be strong to accomplish the work that you have for us on earth. And I thank you, Lord, that each and every person in this room, they have a call, they have a purpose. And we will not allow, Lord, I speak against every attempt of the enemy to stop their purpose, to trip them up, the snare of the fowler. I thank you, Lord, that they will be delivered from that. Lord, that you will lead them and guide them, their steps to occupy the land that they are in to occupy it for your kingdom, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that Texarkana is, is, this is your town in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that wherever we go, Lord, every person that goes out to work or school, that there'll be a light shining in the darkness. But Lord, we know that we can't shine if we haven't been with you. So we come to you, Jesus. We get our oil from you that our lamps would burn bright. In Jesus' name, Lord, we honor you. We thank you for your word. We pray that our life would glorify you in each thing that we do. In Jesus' name, everyone says amen, amen and amen.